0: Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch, along with my brother, Mr. Patty Shambro in the building. Patty, how are we doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Bill?
0: I'm doing really good. We uh we have a lot to go over. This was a monumental weekend for uh to be a devils fan. And it's I mean, we have a lot to talk about. Let's, let's quickly touch on the game on Thursday night because I thought that that was interesting and I'd like to speak on that before we get into all the good stuff of the stadium series. Thursday night, uh, we met up before the game. Devils had a big game. Pickle flew in. Devils had a, pig, a big game versus the Kings. And um, it, was, it felt like we were playing the Devils of old. It was like the Kings, they just played on top of the puck they were ahead of the game, and they kind of, I mean, it was the closest thing to a neutral zone trap that we've seen in a very long time, and the and the, the Devils weren't able to get anything going. You look at, you know, I think like I just basically wanted to touch on, on Jack Hughes, who had a mm-hmm. uh, mental breakdown during the game. But so it's like kind of one of these weird positions where I don't mind seeing raw emotion from the team and someone and someone and someone you know, showing that they care, but I also don't like seeing someone completely lose their cool and letting other teams know that they can get to you. You know what I mean? And and I think that we've seen that from Jack a couple of times to where when he gets thrown off of his game, he throws a little bit of a hissy fit and you saw it I mean now now with that said, Victor Arvidsson was just playing dirty the entire night, um, and I don't think that there is a place for throwing elbows at people's heads and stuff, especially what we know with head injuries. But when he went to the penalty box, and it kind of, you know, it's funny they brought it up on thirty-two thoughts last week, where he said people come here to watch me play, and was and people pay to watch me play, and was pointing at the number on it on his arm and everything. I mean, what were your immediate? What was your immediate impulse reaction to that?
1: I actually didn't really have a problem with it, and I think a lot of people are are cutting. Well, like you, like what you just said, you, you're cutting the quote in half because what he really said was, "Are you here to hurt people or are you here to play hockey?" Right. People come here to watch me play hockey. Um, I had no problem with it. He he stood up for himself. I got no issue with it. Uh, as far as you know, the when he was going after the referee again, I didn't really have that big of a problem with it because they mugged him on his way. On that. I couldn't believe they uh, didn't call that, you know, like if that, I don't know if that's not a penalty, I someone's going to have to re explain the game to me. Cause that sure as fuck looked like a penalty to me.
0: I would agree with you. And um, so what I, what I noticed was uh, and you're right. I think that half of that quote got cut off and I didn't, I didn't realize that he said, are you out here to try to hurt people until I saw it again? Um, my dad actually brought it up to me and it's like, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's fair. I didn't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with him standing up for himself and John, he threw the stick off the bench and, and I was like, I, I hope that that didn't end up in a penalty that would have, that would have sucked, but it, it didn't. Um, but you never want to let teams know that they could get to you that much because people are going to try to throw you off now. You know what I mean? But uh, either way, that was a, t- that was a tough loss. I thought that, Um, It was more about Los Angeles playing a very well-rounded, structured game. And like I said, they just played above the puck the entire night and didn't really give the Devils much opportunity to use their speed through the neutral zone. Um, It it sucked, too, because like that whole Timo Meyer, Mercer, Lazar line played so good in that Nashville game. And then they came out and they really just were completely um non-existent in that game in the in the in the Kings game you were hoping that they were going to try to build off of it one thing i would like to see the devils do a little bit more is try to maybe funnel pucks towards the net and try to score some dirty goals and and you saw Timo got a big yeah. dirty goal in Nashville but um i just i would like to see them just do a little more shooting and maybe just try to grind a couple out instead of always trying to use their precision precision and skill uh, when it comes to scoring goals. But with that said,
1: yeah, it's, I mean, it sucked because, you know, we finally got a, you know, we've been getting great goalie play and kind of, we wasted, we wasted a great game from our goaltender when we haven't gotten any of those this year. And that sucked. But I, I almost believe like they were kind of looking ahead to Saturday in that game, though they they seemed just flat to me. Yep. You know, and not worrying, not worrying about the Kings and, uh, yeah, to, uh, it was disappointing. You know, I remember saying to you before the game was like, I really hope they win this game so it doesn't affect anybody's mood on Saturday. But yep. I think we can agree it didn't affect anybody's mood on yeah, Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. They did. They came out flat, and I think part of it was they could. You're very. It could have been a trap game, um, and at the same time, I thought that Los Angeles just kind of played a an overall pretty good game. So we get into Saturday. I, I really like, there's so many things I want to say about Saturday. Um, so feel free to, to stop me, but, uh, it starts, it starts off with Patty setting up this, this bus situation, the, the Patty's palace on wheels. And, um, it really, it made the, it made the entire experience so much better. Nobody had to worry about driving home. We had a good group of people. All your friends were super chill um, and it was a great time. What made you decide to to get that, put that together?
1: Uh, you know, I just, like, part of the reason was I didn't want to worry about driving home. Uh, growing, uh, growing up, my parents always took uh, buses like that to the Army-Navy game, and it was just so much fun to have that many people and that you, at, at a tailgate, and just, like, having everything in one location. It was, it's what I wanted to do, and part of, and another reason why uh, you you heard us in the back of the bus partying the whole way up you know drinking on the bus, uh, you know singing having a good time and I, I just we do that a lot for concerts we, we'll take party buses me and my friends and and do that so that was really the uh, the driving point behind it and I really it really really uh, turned out better than I could have ever imagined you know the, all the food was great people helped me every step of the way everybody paid which was cool uh to be on the bus um and it just like being around that many devil's fans in one location was just like really like almost heartwarming you know like we've all been through this through the through the shit and uh that was just so cool
0: yeah it it was awesome so uh we ended up you know, my father was a little concerned about getting on the bus because he was like, oh man, that just seems like a really long day. You planned on leaving around one o'clock. And he was like worried about sitting outside for that long. And, uh, and I was like, you know, the ride home, I didn't know, I didn't know who you're going to be. I mean, you get people that are tailgating and hanging out for eight, nine hours. It could be a nasty ride home. Um, but, uh, I tell you what, everybody like handled themselves so well for for drinking for ten hours straight. I was I was really impressed. Um, so we ended up meeting you guys around the house around one o'clock. Then we, we we took off. And uh, similar to you, how you're saying you grew up tailgating stuff. It's like I, I grew up. My dad lived ten minutes from Giants Stadium, and I was a you know a diehard Giants fan growing up. And we would always hit at least one game a year. As I got older, I got season tickets and stuff, and we used to go and have a pretty sweet setup. But That's also, like, the place that I grew up watching the Devils, too. And that was kind of cool for, I think, a lot of some old-school fans who watched them through their glory years in that parking lot. And, you know, one of the things that was cool about Continental Airlines Arena or Brendan Byrne or whatever you want to call it is when you would go up as a kid, you were able to, like, put your skates on and, like, go and, like, skate around in the parking lot and play some street hockey and stuff. And I saw some kids that were, you know, they had the – Got cornhole going and they had their and some kids had their skates on and stuff so it was really cool and like you said we got there and it was like wow like it was the devils i'm so happy that they didn't play the rangers you know what i mean like so happy so happy it, it was a it was a big deal because that was a day for the devils fan base to really show up and make it about them and we did man like if there was ever a doubt whether the devils You know, we've always gotten the same shit from Ranger fans. Oh, you don't have any fans and half the building, you'd never sell out if it wasn't for us and this and that. And it's like, I think the days of that are officially over. And they said 70,000 people showed up to that game. And I would say probably, you know, 20,000 Flyer fans showed up or 25,000 Flyer
1: fans. Nothing. I didn't seem like there was any there.
0: No, it did not. Honest. It did not seem like a lot. That was a very, very devil heavy crowd. And the way that everybody was repping, you saw the old jerseys, you saw just different generations of devil fans. I mean, they came here in 82 and it's like, I, you know, my dad became a devil's fan and he put me on to devil's. And now I got kids that are devil's fans and it's like, it's, it's, you're watching a fan base grow. It's cool. It's the only Jersey team. And we're kind of like, you know, we live in the shadow of New York. But to be honest, like I think like a lot of us take pride in like being the underdogs or being the scrappy, you know, cooler, like subculture of New York. And um, to see to see the way that we represented on Saturday was sick. And then like you you look at that Forbes article where it talks about the, the top grossing teams in the league. And we came in sixth last year over everybody and that's you know that's higher than original six teams like the boston bruins and the chicago blackhawks so these aren't just teams that are in rebuilding yeah. the bruins were you know broke a record for most points in the regular season last year and the Devils still eclipse them in how much money they've grossed we've also had the highest attendance increase from one year to another up over 18 percent so the amount of seats and the amount of fans that have been coming out to the games has really been second to none. And especially during a a season that hasn't gone our way. I mean, there has been a lot of injuries. You've watched some of your superstar players and faces of the franchise that have gone down. You have the Dougie Hamilton's that have gone down and people still continue to come out and support the team. um, Despite having going through a a rocky road. So um, we get into the parking lot our bus, drive, our bus driver got lost on the way there, took the wrong side of the turnpike, and we, we, had to, we ended up having to turn around uh, right before we went through the tunnel to go into the city. But we ended up getting to the, to the stadium, and uh, we park, and then we start setting up all of our stuff. Patty made numerous soups. Numerous. <laughs> what, what, what was your what was the soup of the day,
1: Patty? Uh, I think the main hit. The, well, like I made the big pot of chicken and rice, which was like a ginormous pot of soup. You know, that was my dad's <laughs> tail, my dad's tailgate soup, and it fed everybody. But people were scraping the bottom of the tortellini and sausage soup. There was none. There was nothing left of that. And uh, I made a chili. And then uh, me and Sean made ribs earlier in the morning. Um, And then a bunch of people brought a whole whole mess of stuff. But we had a fantastic setup in terms of food. We had a fire pit going, you know, everybody, everybody was happy, you know, it was a uh, the sun was out, it wasn't that cold. It was really Picture perfect. Yeah. Really it,
0: picture perfect. It, it was like a celebration. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really was like a celebration of like the, the devil's family. Hockey
1: in, New Jersey. hockey in New Jersey. That's, that's what I, and I'm like, for me, for like a guy like me, I'm kind of, I'm like the younger generation that didn't really get to experience the, the winning years the Stanley cup years. And even the, the years after where they were still one of the best teams in the league, I started going to games in two. I got my first season ticket package in 2013 after they went to the Stanley cup. And Oof. It's been it's been some lean years for uh, for myself going to these games. That's uh, and just to like see the progression of this fan base go from you know like two or three years ago being in the arena during COVID when there was like five hundred people in the building, sure. bottom of the league, and to come to this past Saturday, over sixty thousand Devils fans showing up in full force. On top of the fact that we've been hitting a ninety nine percent uh attendance at home games all year long like this is a really fun time to be a devils fan and saturday was just the culmination of it. it it was so cool
0: yeah it was cool because you know what's funny is like last year i said there's no fan base in the nhl that's having more fun than the devils fan base last year and it was, mm-hmm. and then it was like and then and I said that because they had that like mosh pit video that was going yeah. on. Like, and then this year they just released that video of there's like the the mosh pit. <laughs> the guy does the backflip. Yeah. And, and like, Spit and Chicklets was talking about it. And it was getting passed around, and it's like, Devils fans have become such a such a weird culture to where, you know, we're we're like
1: you were always weird. We're just getting the attention now.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, and it, and it's like it's just seeing like. We we have such characters that are part of this fan base. You know what I mean. So uh, we end up we park. You got the the Satriale, uh, the satrial's apron on. You are cooking, and we're all smoking cigars. And it just felt like I mean, the, it felt like a Giants game, kind of. I mean, like and uh, but you are right. It felt
1: really an expectation to win.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The season wasn't over. You know what I mean. Yeah. So and and uh, it, like the sun was out. The weather wasn't too bad. And then uh, a bus pulls up next to us and it's, and it's got all flyer fans on the bus. And it was funny because my dad. So do you want to, do you want to talk about, Uh, uh... I'm going to say this, there was an incident that happened on the bathroom of our bus. And we were like, nobody on this bus did this. So we're like standing around and we're smoking cigars and we're, like, shooting the shit. And I see my dad go over and grab the bus driver and get in his ear and start talking to him. And I'm like, what the hell could he poss- What could he be saying to the bus driver right now? Well, like, two minutes later, our entire bus and their entire bus are, like, toe-to-toe <laughs> in the parking lot. And he is, like, scared for his life. And it's funny because my dad grew up, like, he was not – he was not a stranger to conflict at all, like, yeah. But he was like, oh, geez, like he. I think he realizes he started some shit, and now he he reminded me uh, of Artie uh, in. In the Columbus Day parade,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, I was I was having a beer standing by the fire pit, and one of my friends runs around the corner, and goes, the, "Our bus driver is getting jumped," and I was like, "What the fuck?" And threw my beer down and ran around the corner, and there's like not there isn't a fight going on, but like people are in each other's faces. It was just like, and it was and it really stemmed from like, "Did you take a shit on our bus?" <laughs> and it was like the funniest altercation i've ever been a part
0: of (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean there was almost a poop fight um that went on and it and it didn't but uh we had the flags going up and it was it was a really cool experience thank you dude for putting all that together i know that that's a lot of work and you had everybody meet at your house and everything and i know i know how frustrating and how hard it could be to try to wrangle 30 something people together. You know what I mean? That's not very easy. So Thank
1: you. Uh, yeah, we had a great group and uh, you know, everybody helped out. I was never alone in doing anything. So it was a really fun group and I really hope we get to do that again. Yeah. And, then, and I hope we don't have to wait 10, 10, damn years for it again either.
0: You know, it was crazy was it was like, you, you kind of, I had the feeling that there, this was going to be like the devils were going to kind of, get a lot of attention due to the how hard it was to get the jerseys and like the jerseys sold out immediately compared to um the ranger jerseys and the islander jerseys and stuff so i was like huh i wonder if you know i wonder what this crowd is going to look like and sure enough i actually thought there were going to be more flyer fans there and 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 there there weren't and it's like especially because the flyers have played really good this year and played over expectations
1: um proud franchise, crazy fan base, one of the larger cool. fan bases in the league, only an hour and what a half from Philadelphia. And from the moment we pulled into the parking lot, it was a sea of red. You know, right. like as soon as you pulled in, I was like, damn, this there's a lot of devils fans here. Uh and it just carried carried the whole day and even into the stadium how many how like how much this this fan base showed out for Saturday.
0: Yeah, I was so um, by the time we got into the stadium. I was pretty pretty drunk, but not acting. You know, not out of, out of control. Um, we got in to see Marty drop the puck, which was really cool. And then thirty seconds into the game, our boy Nico Heischer, puts one in the back of the net, and I have never seen Nico Heischer as happy as he was on Saturday. Yeah. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I th- I think he he was just like. A- he, that reaction was everybody's reaction. Like my exact, I was jumping up and down like that, like cackling, laughing, like at how happy I was that they just scored that quickly. And that the place just erupted, you know, it's louder than any, louder than any giants games I've been to uh, for sure. It was just, it was oh, I like, I think I can, I can confidently say I'm going to remember that, that, that goal for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. It was really, it was really special to see him get off to such a good start and, you know what was kind of cool too was like everybody is always going to talk about Jack Hughes as the face of the franchise and, and this and that. And he typically does step up on the big stage. Like he plays very well in Madison Square Garden and whatnot. But, you know, I think deep down Nico Heischer is the heart and soul of this team. And while I've had no problem criticizing him when I think that he's need to step up and be more of a leader and stuff, Nico Heischer is my favorite player on the team. And I think that he he has a lot of – He's a high character guy. He's not scared to put his body on the line. He tries to lead by example. I thought how he, he bought the track suits for all the guys and stuff was cool, too. you know, just kind of like being a leader, being the, the big brother. But you, you have to I'd love to see Nico play where he uses more of his skill too. There's no doubt that he's willing to sacrifice his body all the time and do all the little things, but you forget how skilled he really is, and I mean, both of his goals were beautiful. I mean, he opened, you know, on, on the breakaway, he opened him up and went five hole. And then on the, on his second goal, that shot was a laser. It's like, mm-hmm. I felt so. And you could just tell like, even after the game, when he drops the F bomb and everything, he just looked like he looked a little relieved. He looked just like so happy to be there. And, it was funny, like, after he, like, cursed, he, like, kind of was like, oops, you know, and like, and, like, waved his hand in the air. He looked like an old-fashioned, like, baseball player or something, like you know what I mean? Like, and I was, mm-hmm. like, I was, like, I was happy for him because I feel like you're, you know, 99% of the time that you look at Nico, he's usually wincing in pain or something like that or, like, just had a long shift. And to see him be the star of the night and, you know, the heart and soul of the team— go out there and carry the team on his back. I mean, he could have had four goals. Like, he missed an open net. He had a really awesome opportunity on a wrap around that he almost buried one. Uh, he really carried the team and, and performed as a leader on a huge stage in national television. And uh, it was nice to see him do it. Not that I would have had a problem if Jack Hughes did it, but it was nice to see him because he doesn't necessarily get all the recognition that he deserves. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Um I thought they obviously came out in the first period and they and they played really well. How is your sight line for the game? Perfect. Love absolutely it.
1: perfect we sat I sat in section 241 so if you're familiar with MetLife Stadium it's that middle mezzanine level that has the access to the inside uh, right. area uh, and we were in the second row uh on the blue line. they perfect seats perfect seats and I, I've always thought that MetLife would be fantastic for outdoor hockey just because of the site like we can shit on i shit on MetLife all the time because it is a dump but uh i think it's perfect for outdoor hockey and my seats were were great i could see everything how about you
0: yeah Yeah, i mean if i was to do it again i would want the mezzanines i think i knew i wanted the mezzanines pretty much right after i bought tickets in the lower level i was 30 rows up so i could still see it just felt like the rink was like so far away from like where yeah. I'm typically sitting to where if I was up a little bit higher and I was looking down on it a little bit more, I feel like it would have been a little bit better. Um, so you're too
1: used to that, to that lower, lower bowl seating. All those,
0: all those bougie, us bougie guys yeah. down there. Um, but you know, you know, one of the things that I thought was really cool was some very unlikely sources came through for us. You know what I mean? Nate Bastion, who is I mean, say what you want. He's had a rough time rough times this season, no doubt about it. But he is definitely one of the most beloved devils from the Devils in the locker room. And it's like I went up for the for the Nemitz Bastion signing and he was just shooting the shit with everybody. You could tell he's very lighthearted, big fun dude. Um and I'm sure he's like felt a little stressed uh regarding I know he was super tight with Mike McLeod, and like you know, McLeod's gone, and uh, it was just good to see him get on the board. and He did the he did the Tommy Cutlets, you know, gesture, and it's like whenever you see the those guys score that are the the lunch pail dudes that don't really put a lot in to see him score on a big stage like that, and they were pretty big goals along with Brendan Smith as well. It was like the team was really fired up and happy for them, so um, it was weird yeah, seeing. It was weird seeing Brendan Smith score. Someone yeah, posted. Smith. Brendan. Brendan.
1: Brendan. Brendan Smith scored a goal at MetLife Stadium before Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown pass.
0: Yeah, that's the God, best. That's like, good. you can't even make that shit up. Like, that's so funny. I, uh, I was
1: really good when he, got, he pulled off a Gordie Howe hat-trick. You know, that's what I was like. Brendan Smith can just be like an all-time devil. Like, everybody will forget everything if he can pull off a Gordie Howe hat-trick in this game.
0: He said he thought about it, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking uh, about it too in the game,
1: and then he, I heard him say it today. Yeah.
0: Well, I was like, "Damn, if Nico scores a hat trick, I don't th- nobody could get their hats on the ice." have <laughs> tried. <laughs> yeah, I would have tried. I'm um,
1: usually very against throwing my hat on the ice because I just don't want to deal with trying to get it back. Because I like to wear, I like my hats, and I very, I don't want to buy a new one. Uh, uh, but. If, if Nico did it, I would I would fly it as far as I could. Do
0: you know what they should it. do is if you score a hat trick, they should do fifty percent off in the store on hats.
1: Yeah, there is a pro- process to get them back, isn't there? Like you can you gotta oh, wait a yeah. lot. I think so. I think if I think there's some sort of system. I've never tried it, but there is some sort of system because I've never thrown my hat on these. But there is some sort of system in place it, for a hat trick that you can go get your hat back. But I think it's a real pain in the ass.
0: Yeah, you got to you gotta wait on, like, the backside of the Prudential Center where it's, like, yeah. super grimy in the middle of the night and meet a guy in an alley, and he opens yeah, up a garbage yeah. bag filled with hats. Yeah, um, yeah you can find it, yeah. But uh, so the Devils had a, a strong first period. But in the second period, they they got outplayed big time. And if it wasn't for Nico Dawes, I mean, Dawes was amazing. They had 27 shots in the second period. That's yeah. crazy.
1: They, they really lit us up in, in, in that second period. And, like... You know, like there was a Flyers fan sitting behind me, and he and he was he literally said, "Who the fuck is this guy?" I'm like, because right. Nico Dawes right. had so many so many great saves, uh, but uh, he's oh man, he's been playing great, and I hope I hope he gets both. I hope he gets both to start tomorrow and Thursday. Like, just keep riding the hot hand, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would uh, even probably ride him if he has a slow game versus Washington or, or doesn't look up to par. I would, you know. I would try to ingrain that confidence that the team has confidence in him and send them back out there, especially if Vitek yeah. is injured. You know what I mean? Um,
1: send them back out there. It's a day's rest. He's going to have another day's rest before the mm-hmm. Rangers game. Fuck yeah. Ride the hot hand.
0: Yeah, but he really bailed the Devils out of that second period, and there was a lot of net mouth scrambles that went on that I thought that he really held his crease and was strong uh, going post to post. He He just – he played really good in a, in a really big moment, and I was happy for him. Um, Nico Dawes has always looked very promising, and uh, but the problem is with young is he, he you know he had the hip surgery. But the problem is with young goalies, like you need to see like a pretty large sample size to feel confident that he's going to be a number one. But mm-hmm. overall, I think he has played um, as good as you would have expected him to, and he's still a young guy, so I think there's a long runway for him. In the organization, I actually, I've, I've always believed in him a little more than I've believed believed in Schmidt, uh, despite Schmidt's uh, playoff success last year. Um,
1: yeah, and it was bullshit that he didn't get one of the stars of the game. I could, I couldn't
0: believe that. Oh, I didn't even see that. Who, who yeah, got the they, stars Obviously, uh, they,
1: I think it was Bashin. Bashin, one of the Flyers, and Nico.
0: Mm. Did you Did you happen to rewatch the game by any chance?
1: No, I probably should.
0: Okay, so like leading up to it, they had uh, Tommy Cutlets basically like doing a montage about what it means to be from New Jersey, and he's walking through. I saw through yesterday
1: State. in the Rangers game,
0: and he's yeah, like talking about he's talking about Frank Sinatra, and he's talking about mm-hmm. all these people, and they bring up Mark Messier scoring, making the the guarantee. In they did that for our game, before our game,
1: I saw they did it yesterday. I didn't know they, they did, it, did before it before our game. game.
0: I was like, damn, that's like poor product placement right there. Like, no, you're yeah, your Rangers,
1: Rangers get fucking everything, you know. Like, I, I'm I've, like, even yesterday, like, they were the designated away team, but they got their goal horn, they, they got their goal saw during the game. Like, the Flyers didn't get that, but yeah,
0: the Rangers Flyers got were the it. only away team.
1: Yeah, it was, I. I thought it was, they just give them everything. Like, and even, like, it, I was watching the game yesterday. I saw that Tommy DeVito uh, mm-hmm. intro, and, and, like, they were talking about New Jersey, and there was all these cutaways during the game with um, Bobby up talking about New Jersey. And I was, like, I'm, like, happy they're talking about New Jersey. But at the same time, I was, like, these two teams are not from New Jersey. Like, fuck off. Like, stop trying to, like. I don't like, know. I, I had a problem with it doing with them doing it they yesterday.
0: Didn't, they didn't bring up the Devils winning Stanley Cups in the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of strange, right? Like the Devils won three Stanley Cups in the building in the same parking lot as Giant Stadium. So I, I thought that that was really bizarre. Um, yeah, two of them were on home, and two of them were on home ice. Who? Who did? Oh, dude, what's his name? Sean McDonough, uh-huh. maybe or. He yeah. is
1: just awful. It sounds it sounds like he's getting a colonoscopy every time the devil score.
0: Oh my god, so it's upset. Just like, like, it's just
1: like it's just no there's no energy for him from him. But um, when the role scored, he was losing his mind.
0: We ended up we were like pretty drunk at like the second intermission. Um, it was I was like, whoa, I need to like hold on for one second. And it went away in like 10 minutes, but I was still like, oh, geez. I mean, we had been drinking for a long time. I
1: had that moment on the bus uh, coming, going to the game. I was like, well, I got to slow down. This is a long day. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, Is that when you were screaming about Wellington Mara?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, I, I, I didn't catch the Jonas Brother concert. Uh and I didn't catch um, Gaslight Anthem, which, I mean, I guess I did because they played the goal songs when yeah, they the scored. Goals, yeah. Right. right. Um, but overall, I thought that to sum, to sum this up, like the way, this is the way I kind of look at it. Like it was the first real time that it was like a celebration of Devils hockey and the Devils were acknowledged by the NHL without the help of the New York Rangers being involved in the situation. And the Devils didn't just show up, but they really—I think the Devils fans really put on a show and showed the power of this fan base. And like, just the reaction from the team and the way that the team played, and Nico Heischer leading by example. I mean, I think that this could be like there was there was just so many good vibes that like I'd like to see the Devils kind of try to work off of this, playing a Washington team coming up who. Has I believe lost like seven of their last eight games, and then you get your most hated rival at home on Thursday. Um, the Devils have they've gotten through a little bit of a stretch where they've played very hard teams, and I think that there's an opportunity for them to try to catch up to some of these wild card teams and even the Flyers uh, for that third place in the in the Metro in the standings in the upcoming weeks, and then they go on the road.
1: The opportunity is there this week. It's a, a huge week. You know, quick trip down to Washington, come back up, and play and play uh, play the goddamn Rangers, and then two home games over the weekend. Right, back to back, Saturday Sunday. Yes, yeah, so you have it?
0: you have the you have the Canadians, which uh, at, in a matinee at home, and then you have Tampa at home, um, and so, then you get and then you go on the Western road trip. You have San Jose, which is a beatable team. You have the Ducks, which are a beatable team. You get your revenge um, against the Kings on the road, uh, and then it does. It gets a little bit harder. You have Florida, you have St. Louis, Carolina, the Rangers, Dallas. So that gets tough. But there is an opportunity over the next five, six, seven games to really climb the standings. Um,
1: The opportunity is there. Take it. You know, just see like take this momentum from Saturday and take it.
0: I do believe that they could do it, too. I think this is the first time that the team has felt like they're healthy. You're going to get Siegenthaler back. And, I mean, coming off of the high of that win and just the respect that I think that the organization and its fan base got on top of being uh, announced that they're going to open up the season next year on the road in Prague with two games in the Global Series, the Devils have become a draw. Do you want to go? I do. I do want to go.
1: My great grandmother is from Prague. Let's go.
0: Is she alive? No. <laughs> well, um, yeah. That I mean, are you your Czech? Yeah. All right. Maybe we can swing by Poland too while we're yeah. over there. We could do a little family history.
1: Well, if you could, t- you couldn't tell from well, I mean, by my name, I got an Irish mother, that's why my first name comes from, and a Czech father, that's her last name. Nice. Comes from.
0: Um yeah, I mean the Devils obviously have a long lineage of famous Czech players too. I mean, so I mean and Patrick Eliash and Bobby Holik and Peter Sikora, and it's like you go down the line. Um but the Devils seem like they're finally getting healthy, and if they could get some goaltending, they might be able to do some damage. It's starting to feel a little bit different than it did at the beginning of the season or even going into the all-star break. Um <laughs> Now, there have been pretty intense rumors that the Devils do plan on making a move for Markstrom. One of the things with all the good stuff that went on was in the game on Saturday was Alexander Holtz only got five minutes of ice time in the entire game, still managed to have three shots on net and a takeaway in five minutes. And I really believe that he is going to be chip in this trade if they do make a trade and trading away a guy who could be a 20 to 30 goal scorer for a 34 year old goaltender might not be the best move in my opinion if i'm being dead honest with you
1: we got two what two and a half weeks to the trade deadline i would i know that's and they have a lot of games in there and i think that and like we said they have an opportunity these next two weeks. See what you got in Nico Dawes. If he can keep this up, if he can, maybe trade. If he can, and we can get these wins. And we know we have a piece here that can at least win games this year. Maybe we don't have a Stanley Cup contender, but if we can win games this year and not trade away pieces for the next five or six years, just to get Markstrom. I don't really want Markstrom. I mean, he's 34 years old. I don't think he really does a lot for us in the long run. If we're going to trade for a goalie, I want Soros. But if, if we're going to trade chips away, I don't I don't really – I think they should give Nico Dawes these two weeks and, the, and then decide if they want to make a move.
0: Yeah, I, I'm at – you know, I, I was like one of the – I feel like I was one of the first – I brought Marks from up very, very early in the season. Uh, I just kind of like what I've seen from Holt and I think that there is an opportunity and I am uh, – like I don't think that they're going to move on from Lindy Ruff this season – but I would not be surprised if they made a coaching change in the off season. And if you are gonna make a coaching change, or if the Devils do get off to a slow start next year and they decide to make a coaching change, you don't wanna trade away a guy who could be a top six winger. You know, let's say next year they don't want to sign to Foley. That would be the place that you would move Holtz up the lineup. I mean, he's not gonna play on the fourth line with tyranny and no sick for the rest of his life. If there was another goal, if there was another coach behind the bench, they would be moving Holtz up the lineup. And I and I think that trading him away now, when he's got his lowest value, uh, for a goaltender that is only going to be signed for the next year and a half, it's gonna be thirty six. It's like I just feel like he's too important of of a piece, uh, even if it just comes from a contract situation, to where you could sign him and he could play in the top six on a wing and be on a very team. Uh, friendly deal you're you're just it's gonna I don't know I don't know I don't know what that solves I don't want to watch the season just completely wash away which I felt like we've slowly come to that realization and then we get we have a little hope we're still within arms we're here right there we are I just I worry about them making an. it's not a knee-jerk reaction but I worry about them giving up on them too early
1: yeah, I don't. I I don't want to see them trade Holtz, especially. If, I mean, I, I mean, I'm absolutely throwing Holtz in the package if it's for Sorrows, but I right, right. and I just don't think that. And I think I actually think the Markstrom talks are kind of dead, um, just based on that they didn't get the deal done the first time around, and because of how Nico Dawes has been playing. Like, I'm not saying here to just like I'm not saying sitting here crowning Nico Dawes as the savior goaltender, but the kid's playing, the kid's hot. Ride this hands, you're out of a playoff position currently. Take this opportunity. Maybe, maybe we call it lightning in a bottle, like we did with Akira Schmid last year. And we don't have to trade away pieces for what could be a future, uh, future long term run for you know, guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer on the team.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a risky play. It is.
1: Um, I mean, we're what we're five points back of Philadelphia for a Metro spot with two games at hand. And we are four points back of the red wings for the first wild card with one game at hand. I mean, we're right there. We have this opportunity this week to, to grab some ground and then go out to West and play some not so good teams. The first for a couple games are out there. Like the opportunity is absolutely there, and I'm thinking that they can. You know, I feel like I'm the pickle right now, just like eternal optimist. Like I really do believe this team can win. Um, <clears throat> maybe Saturday is what they needed to get some of that energy and that juice and that swag that they had last year. Um, let's let's let's. This is a this is going to be a fun week for us, I think. And let's just see what we got. Don't make a knee jerk reaction to. Go get March, a 34 year old goalie who hasn't been playing that well this year.
2: Three, two, three, (音楽) Thank you.